Welcome to episode 13 of the Fencing Podcast. I'm Gavin. Uh, and I'm Sean. And, uh, well, it's a, it's a big show today. Um, obviously, it was a wee bit of a delay last time. Yeah, uh, Gav. What's, I mean, what's been going on? Seriously. Yeah. I had to do some audio editing last time out. Yeah, well, uh, obviously, at four, well, a baby appeared from nowhere. What? Like magic? <laughs> like magic, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm a dad now. Yeah, so give us give us the baby details, name, weight, time of... Time of arrival. Her name's Sorsha. She was born at six pounds twelve, and she arrived at five o'clock in the afternoon, which is very civilized. Right. Although, unfortunately, just about the same time as the the men's epi final from Paris. Yes, which I've just which I've just been catching up on <laughs> while I've been doing uh, nappy changes and things like that. Good. I'm glad to hear you've made up for lost time. Other bit of baby news. In the last one, we talked about how good it was to see Mario Sagunas back in action mm-hmm. at the um, World Cup in Yangzhou and uh, the Grand Prix in Seoul. And no sooner have we recorded than that very evening she announces on Instagram that uh, that she too is going to be producing a baby. Well, congratulations, Mario. Yeah, yeah indeed, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, she didn't send you a card or say congratulations, I suspect. No, but, no. Um, I'll, send, I'll send her a little message on Instagram and see what she says. I'll send her a good, picture good. of my baby. Um, so that's, that's, I think that's all our baby news for this one, right. isn't it? Okay. Uh, unless you count our next item. Uh, so this is uh, Al Shuruzmanov, who's uh, splashing the cash right now, and he's looking to buy Arsenal. No, that's football. I know nothing about football. Yeah, well, it's an interesting one. Um, obviously, the, he's the president of the FIE, pours a lot of his own money into, into fencing every year. I think, I think it's about four or five million euros every mm. year. But he has offered to buy the majority share in Arsenal Football Club. If you're not British, that may not mean anything very much to you. Soccer to Americans. For, well, he's looking to buy... Uh, an American guy, Stan Kroenke, who was most of the shares in Arsenal, mm-hmm. um, 70% of them, for £1 billion. And all I remember reading about this in the press was that he thinks that this other American guy is uh, doing a bad job. He says he's badly managing it and he wants to take it over and manage it properly. Yeah. For a million much. bucks. Yeah. Uh, no, a billion. Sorry, a billion bucks. One yeah. billion. One billion. Uh, so it does make the money that he, he pours into, uh, well, the FIE, puts money into Russian fencing, I believe, as well, and, and European Fencing Federation. Mm-hmm. But he could, he could, he could transform fencing. He could be the, uh, uh for, what's, what's the name? for a billion quid. What's the name of that guy that runs, used to run, Bernie Eccleston? Yeah. He could basically do a Formula One and create it from nothing, like whole cloth, you know? Pretty much. I mean, if you go to almost, any broadcaster and say, I would like you to televise our sport. And they'll go, what's in it for us? And you go, here's a few million quid. Yeah. They'll go, yeah, all right then. <laughs> the BBC would love to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's maybe not quite that straightforward. But yeah, I thought it was interesting to know what, um, what else Mr. Usmanov spends his money on apart from fencing. Yeah. Uh, the only thing to point out is that the current majority shareholder says he doesn't want Mr. Usmanov's billion quid. He's mm-hmm. quite happy keeping his shares at the moment. Oh, actually, one thing one thing I did read in the, on the BBC News website about this was that they said that Usmanov was a British citizen. Yes, that's right. Which yeah. I found completely perplexing because he's from uh, Uzbekistan. Uh, yeah. That's right, yeah. 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 British passport. Well, I didn't know that at all. So mm-hmm. there we go. A bit of trivia for the pub quiz. Yep. <laughs> so before we get on to any actual fencing action, another thing that uh, happened today, as as we were recording, was the, the latest issue of the FIE's magazine show came out. That's right. 
and uh, a few good interesting bits and pieces. It does annoy me that it takes so long to produce because it was largely covering the Budapest Epic Grand Prix, yeah, which was, was back, in, back in March. Yeah. But it's good, though. It is. I mean, it's, it's beautifully yeah. produced, but I can't help thinking it would be worth maybe sacrificing a little bit of the quality to, to get out a little closer no, to, the, the, month to the events better, that, but, yeah. that it covers. Yeah. Uh, but an interesting piece in that was uh, the, the piece about Yuzobri moving moving to China, yep. what, his, what his ambitions were for, for Epi in, in China, and basically get the Chinese teams qualified for Tokyo and win. I, I think he's... We, we talked a little bit about this offline, and uh, yeah, you're right. He's got a bit of a, a bit of a, a mountain to climb there, I think. Yeah, I'm talking about so. <laughs> two years of prep, one year to actually qualify, mm-hmm. and then he's, it's all cast of the dice on the actual day. That's quite a tough ask. Yeah, I mean, I suppose there's no point in saying bring in the play the world's most acclaimed epi coach at the moment uh, in order for us to make up the numbers. I mean, that doesn't no. doesn't make sense. But I can't help feeling that when they're in a zone with Korea and Japan, it's, it's that, that qualifying alone would be a a major achievement. Yeah, it's tough, but I mean, you, you can't fault the ambition there. Yeah, and things. I mean, so if anybody's listening to this, you know, you, you really should go and actually check this article because I, I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. Well, we will we will put the links in the show notes. Yeah. so feel free to As follow. But I mean, just to sort of cover it, I mean, uh, he was saying interesting things about what he thought of the Chinese team. Yep, he thought they had all the skills, but they were too polite. I think was basically the way he put it. Uh, yeah, something that was one of the things that he yeah. said. Yeah. So I thought that was quite an interesting sort of spin on that, and then hearing the fencers that he's worked with actually talk about what he's like. Mm-hmm was kind of interesting because it's not the personality I associate with uh, Hugh at all. He always seems to come over as quite a nice, happy guy. He's just really, it's a bit intense, but, you know, he comes over as just being a guy who everybody seems to love, but they were just very straight, saying he does not suffer mediocrity. Yes, that, that was the, the two things. He he won't suffer, what was it, mediocrity and conformity. And conformity. Yep, so be good. Be good, yeah. And I don't know what the other bit, yeah, what he doesn't know. like about conformity. Yeah. Well, I think I think I think what they're trying to see is like a bit of creativity and right. thinking outside the box. I think that's what they really mean. Okay, uh, I'm not entirely sure that they're you know whatever they wear outside of fencing really matters that much. Yeah, you know whatever kind of music they listen to. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm sure he doesn't care about that at all. But it was interesting seeing the sort of the, the devotion of the fencers who were saying that yeah he is a tough he works you hard mm-hmm. but he's always there for you. Yeah. So I mean they they taught you know the level of respect was. But it was very, very clear. But that was a good, that's a great little piece. It's only a couple of minutes as well, but I thought it was really, really well done. Yep, it was a good one. Mm-hmm. It's good. So on to some actual fencing action. Yep. Uh, quite a lot to, to bash through, so uh, no interview this time around, but I promise you something interesting for the next one. All right, okay. No, no, no further clues, but you know, make sure you're there for it. <laughs> right. Uh, so first up. Uh, it's the men's epi in Paris, which obviously I was I was basically delivering a baby while this was on instead of watching it. What, single-handedly at home? Single-handedly at home. No, no, no. no. no we were in hospital. But, yeah, very wise. But uh, I've obviously been catching up on this, mm-hmm. and uh, I quite enjoyed what I saw. So a lot of interesting chat to have, I think, about the, the men's epi uh, in, in Paris. And I think we'll start with the winner, uh, and that's Vicera of Italy. Yep. And this is his first, is that correct? Um, yeah, it's a, a first first senior win uh, yeah. for him. He's quite young. He's 23. Uh, 20, 23, 24, did you say? 24, yeah. Uh, and he came close. He finished second in Buenos Aires earlier in the yeah, season. that's right. So he's having, he's having a great season. Mm-hmm. That, that win takes him into the into the top 10. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and going very well. And he edged out Burrell. So you, Yannick's still on form. He, and we talked a little bit about this as well. And Another near miss. Another near miss, yeah. Yeah, yeah. always a bride, Yannick. Uh, but uh, Yannick looks really, really good still. Vichera, 
the sort of contrasting styles are really interesting in that final. You've got Fichera, who looks like a nightmare defence. <laughs> uh, it has a sort of, uh, I suppose you call it sort of, sort of flamboyantly Italian. Oh, is it flamboyant? I don't know. It's very Italian. And you were talking about the fact that he just gets in your face. Well, the it's... fact that he seems happy to fence at a, a distance that, that makes me twitch just watching it. The, you know, yeah. he's, he's quite happy to get someone, a really big guy like Borel, mm. get to sort of distance where you could hit just with a step and be able to maintain that distance without without mm. cracking and waiting for the mistake in that yeah. tiny fraction of a second and from I don't that really short range. He might have, he might have, I don't think, he, I saw some of his earlier bouts and he was doing wrist hits and arm hits mm. and I don't think he did very many against Yannick at all, it was all body. Yeah. He was coming in right close, just... Yeah, I, that I, tiny, you know, that millisecond of yeah. hesitation or slightly poor extension of the arm and, and and he was in there. And, and some great parry reposts as well, actually, yeah, to be fair. Yeah. So mixed up is uh, mostly defensive in his actions, mm-hmm. uh, but all done at a super super tight distance. Yeah. And it just looked, it was just one of those things, I could feel myself tensing up while I was watching it. Yeah, it's, like, it's mm-hmm. nerve-wracking. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I would feel, I mean, I mean, I feel nervous just watching it. Yeah. I mean, goodness, his heart rate must be through the roof, fencing yeah. like that. I, the, only, the only thing I sort of felt a wee bit negative was the fact that there was two non-competitivity calls in it. And then they finished it in the extra minute. Do you remember this? Yes, I do, yeah. Uh, and it wasn't like it was close all the way through. It was... Yeah, the second non-combativity call came when I think for sure it was three or four hits up. Yeah, and then Yannick just backed off. Yep. And they, they waited around for a few seconds and then the referee took the hint and ruled it on to the mm-hmm. last minute. And I think Yannick had priority, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was such a big gap. I hardly yeah, but thought cares, it would matter, you know, yeah. Uh, and I, and I was just wondering what Yannick was thinking when he did that. Did he just need to take a pause just to sort of get his head back in the game, or what was he trying? I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. But if, you, if it's, it took less than a minute for the match to finish, and it takes less than a minute to get to that point, why bother? Just get on with it. Yeah, because they call the combativity, the non-combativity rather, with, I don't know, just less than two minutes left. Yeah. So you let it roll out to that extra minute. You've lost a yeah. minute of time to try and make up a three-hit deficit. Yeah. And I thought, I, I, thought, I thought it was a strange thing from Yannick. I mean, I don't know... I'd like to hear from him if he, you know, if he was going to tell me what his thinking was. Mm. I, I thought Yannick might try fence from distance and use his, you know, use his height a little bit more. I thought thought he would be changing something, but he didn't. He just get fenced in the same way. Yeah, he stuck to the plan and it just wasn't didn't working. change much. No, you're right. No, but anyway, that aside, Yannick still looks brilliant. I watched some of his earlier fights as well, and he mm. does look uh, the class act that he is. He's semi final against. Um, uh, oh, Koska, Koska, Paul, Carol Koska. We're going to talk about him in a second, Koska. Yeah. And it was a, it was just a it was a solid victory over Koska. I thought. Yeah, I mean Koska. To be fair, was the surprise package of the mm-hmm. of, of the semi finalists. He's had a couple of last thirty twos. No, that's special uh, this season. Yeah, uh, but but nothing I mean, more than that. And I think he's he's just aged into the top fifty as a res- after this after this result. And he's he's not offensive. You 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 watch and you're thinking this guy's amazing. No, not at all. He had a very sort of singular style. Yeah, uh, it was very odd. It was it was kind of very flicky. Over he, he always he was always trying to grab the blade and do a flick. Mm-hmm. That's all. He, that's basically all he had. Uh, yeah, I thought his fight against Burrell. I mean, Burrell had had too much for me. You know, just outgunned him effectively. Yeah, you, you could just see Burrell using his experience. He was just like, I'm not taking any of this nonsense from this guy over here. Yeah, uh, and it was a very comfortable win. And so I, I, I what I did is I tracked back a little bit to see who he, who he'd actually beaten beforehand, and he beat Minobi in the last sixteen. Oh yeah, you said it said it was a thrashing as well. And it was a thrashing. Close. It was yeah. an absolute thrashing. Minobi looked confused by the whole yeah. experience, and even Minobi even. 
because Minobi's obviously left-handed in the pommeler, mm-hmm. he even changed his game. He started off picking around the wrist. Oh, that isn't working. I'll do the body. No, that isn't working. Right, two hits from now on, only two hits. Yeah, uh, nothing was working. Nothing, <laughs> nothing was working. You just got, got yeah. In the fight, well, I had had to yeah. go everything, and none of it. None yeah, of it was and at the end of it, do. you just you could just sit see him shrugging, go, oh, okay, well, that's that then. Yeah, <laughs> you know? can I go home now? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, so obviously, uh, Costco was in a on having a blinder of a day, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, to, to be fair, when we talked about any of the men's epi competitions this season, there's always been somebody at the later stages going, who's this? Where exactly. do they come from? Um, and, and Costco was, was the man to do it. To well, do we, it we, we see that, but his, uh, his equal third partner was, uh, was Cano, Cocky Cano. Yeah. Well, he, he's, had, he's had his one good day already this year. And, you know, <laughs> well, I think when you have a second one, it, does, it, it no longer counts as yeah. a, you know, a fluke or a surprise result. Yeah, but Cano was his usual self. I mean, well, I say the usual of... You know, he's, he's he's relatively new this year to me. Yeah, but, very young. But uh, watching the fence, it was what you would expect: high work rate, very aggressive, yeah, uh, very faster in the rest, all that kind of stuff. And uh, as I say, I'm a massive fan of this, this style of fencing, which is coming out of the Far East right now. Yeah. So uh, it was great to see him uh, getting a bronze medal again. I'd love to have commented on his fight against Vichera in the semi. Oh, don't get me started. But. Uh, <laughs> For whatever, whatever reason, the French Federation are using Daily Motion as their uh, their video partner, mm. and the layout for the the actual the actual videos makes it almost impossible to to make sense of it. It's just a massive pile of videos that you have to wade through and find the fights that you want. Yeah, pretty much. It's hard going to track anything down. Yeah, on, so on Daily Motion, it's uh, so, it's terrible. I hope the I hope somebody in, in, in the French Federation is listening. Could you guys put into a more sensible order for next time? Thanks. Yeah, uh, it's good live though. Because you get the multiple piece in the one page that you can watch if you ever seen. Oh that yes, before. that's true. Actually, it's, it's yeah. actually quite good when you're watching yeah. it live. But after the fact, it's not quite so good, and it has a really strange interface, I think, yeah. as well. And the French do do a really good live feed. They uh, do. You yeah. know, they, they sort of capture the atmosphere from uh, the Stade Pierre de Coubertin really well. Uh, you know, they get shots of the crowd, and you see mm-hmm. how, how many people are there, and the lighting's brilliant, and the big uh, sort of floor oh, spotlights when hits come up. It, it looks, yeah. looks fantastic. I mean, obviously, we've been there for uh, for for the foil uh, in February, but the uh, the atmosphere in a venue like that—that's that's what you want. Yeah, that's what fencing should be like. They should, Every just, competition should have, <laughs> have a four or five thousand crowd at it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it was—it's genuinely amazing. Uh, anyway, so that is essentially uh, the men's epi in Paris. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the team as well. Now, I didn't track down the teams. I know that they are in the feed, daily motion feed, some, but I haven't watched it yet. But uh, Korea won it. I know that from the results. Yeah, there is. Uh, they, I mean, they had a pretty disappointing day in the individual, which is unusual. Kind of got used to yep. Koreans winning at least 50% of the men's epi mm-hmm. tournaments this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think any of them made it last past the last 32 this time out in the individual. Mm, I think... No, no, I think you're right, actually. Think, yeah, yeah. They were, they were all, they're all diving out early, but got mm-hmm. it together in the team event to, to beat Italy in the final with Japan taking the bronze. Yes. So... Quite strong on what we're seeing there. Does this is this is getting quite close now to the... Are there any more Grand Prix or anything? Before? Um, yeah, we've got Epi Grand Prix in Bogota. Oh yes, okay. which will be the sort of last of the mm-hmm. World Cup events uh, for, for the Epiest. Yeah, and then we need to be looking at the yeah because because uh, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking you're still looking at Korea and Italy. You know, there's, it's it's really they're still very 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 strong. And we're getting very close to the World Championships. Yeah, so. exactly. Anyway, so moving on, what's our next event, Sean? Well, I while while you were busy larking around delivering babies, um, uh, I've been watching lots of Saber actually. All right. Yep, and. I know you've been following the action as well. Uh, that's what I was doing when I wasn't telling my other half to push. Yeah, <laughs> good, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so the first one up was uh, women's saber from uh, from Tunis. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned earlier, no man else. Gunis, this one. Mm-hmm. 
having just announced her, her pregnancy and you know, other plans. Although she will be back, she will be back to qualify for Tokyo. Did I mention that earlier? No, you didn't. Yeah, I mean, this isn't retirement. This is a a, a brief detour before a bit he, of a heading back onto the path. So well, that's two, well, two years. Two years, and then she's into the qualification round. Mm-hmm. So you, you, she could still be doing some training. And after, oh, I'm just thinking about this from my own experience. Uh, there's going to be there's going to be a pause. Then she's yeah. going to have to come back. Uh, didn't Vitaly come back pretty quickly after having a kid? Yeah, absolutely. I think she fenced at World Championships and I don't know if she won it, but I think she meddled within about three months of giving birth or something. Yeah, so it's a it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, well, I mean, Vitaly's a special case, but, yeah. you know, so it's perfectly possible for her. Yeah. So anyway, um, no, no Marielle in, in Tunis. However, we did see the return of um, Olga Carlan, a multiple Olympic medalist, making her, her first outing since the Olympics. And she was joined in the in the semi-finals by top three in the in the rankings at the moment. Okay. Olympic champion Jana Igorian, uh, Anna Marton of Hungary, and uh, Manon Bruni of France. Okay. Three three young fencers at the top mm-hmm. of the rankings at the moment. I think all of them are, are in their early 20s and the much more experienced uh, Olga Carlan. So, so yeah, first semi-final, we had uh, Olympic champion Jana Igorian against the returning Olga Carlan. And, and there's bits about, I mean, I've, I've not watched a, a whole load of women's sabre before this season, mm-hmm. but Olga Carlan, if somebody said, Who's who's your favourite women's superstar to watch before the season? She would be in my pick. She's yeah, great. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with Olga Carlin from uh, watching her in the past. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So the, there was bits of her fencing that you know, I kind of forgotten about with the you know watching these new exciting young superstars mm-hmm. that you know sort of taking centre stage, uh, but things like her sort of super slow front foot movement on her first step mm-hmm. is sort of super exaggerated. So it makes this first step so controlled. So it's not like you make a first step completed to mm. see what's going on it's this front foot movement that takes forever uh, I've forgotten about things like that and she looks she looks super sharp against Agorian and okay. Agorian in her best form this, this year has won everything looking, uh, no 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 it's been it's been a bit mixed up but at her best she's looked absolutely fantastic and, and Olga Carlan just looked a whole load sharper up 8-5 at the break and actually the seventh hit the seventh hit in that fight was genuinely a thing of beauty Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know you've got a limited tolerance for watching Sabre, so I would reduce it to a single hit for you. <laughs> okay. I would say the, the seventh hit in the semi-final between Carlan and Agorian was fantastic. Agorian hurtles down the piece 100 miles an hour, makes the attack. Carlan judges the distance perfectly, so the attack misses by an inch. And then it's a super controlled, slow step forward and taps her on the head. <laughs> just, just so simple, but so much control and such perfect yeah. judgment of distance and timing. It was, uh, yeah, it was brilliant to watch. Igorian pulled back a bit, got to within a hit uh, at ten nine down, but Carlin pulled away uh, to go fourteen nine up and okay. eventually finished the fight off uh, with a fifteen twelve. In the other semi final, uh, we had Anna Marton mm-hmm. and uh, Manon Bruni, two two of the form fencers this year. Um, they've they both won things. There are two and three in the world ranking yeah. at the moment. Uh, and Bruni went off to an absolute flyer in this, went five and a half in no time at all, and then really lost away. It looked like she, everything was looking so easy at that stage, taking with everything, that she, it was almost like she lost concentration. In one of those uh, moments, perhaps, she's like, this is a bit too easy. She started to think this is too easy. Yeah, that's right. This, this will be finished in a minute. Yeah. Uh, and next thing she you knows, gets the break. I mean, she struggles to the break at eight, seven up, uh, but the momentum's all, all with Anna Marton by oh, that right, stage, okay. and, and more of the same in, in the second half. And eventually, uh, Martin Martin dominated in the second period uh, to win the fight 
fifteen, twelve, and you could almost see the sort of look of disgust on uh, <laughs> on Man and Bruni's face at the end of it. It's like, what on earth happened there? I was for you know five hits at the start. I was I was untouchable, right? And this fight was just there for the taking. And here I am a few minutes later, and I'm and I'm out. Sort of look of disbelief. Yeah. So on to the final, uh, Carlan. Uh, Carlan again, Marton, and again, Olga Carlan. I mean, whether it's just because she's had a break, just looked super sharp. You know, any th- any of the sort of hits that came down to picking that moment at the timing to, to either finish the attack or to accelerate uh, when it looks like it's going to be simultaneous uh, was was mostly was mostly with her. I'm just trying to remember exactly how it is that Olga fences. She's quite powerful, is she not? Has quite a long lunge and a strong cut. There's right? no no one single thing I wouldn't say. I mean, it's, it's a real a real good mixture in her fencing. I mean, the real sort of thing that I that I noticed that I'd kind of forgotten about in her in her absence uh, since the Olympics was this mm-hmm. super slow preparation, which gives her lots of options on mm-hmm. whether she finishes a step and accelerates into the attack or changes direction because you know she's not committed to the step. It gives yeah, it buys yeah. her extra time. So the youngest just haven't seen this in a while, and are a bit ooh. What the hell well, is this? Well, maybe. I mean, I did kind yeah. of wonder that, you know, the sort of new world order with, the, with mm-hmm. the youngsters at the top of the world rankings, somebody like Caroline comes back after eight months out, mm-hmm. whether they've they've forgotten what she's really like. But, yeah, I mean, the, the final was a little bit different because um, I think I think Anna Martin was, was more determined to be to be more aggressive uh, to stop um, stop Caroline mm-hmm. taking control of the fight. So um, a, a lot of happened. A lot of that happened in the middle of the piece. Um, but Carlin eventually took, took control of the fight and I pulled away for it in the end a very comfortable 15-9 victory mm-hmm. and uh, finished with a nice long compound repost just right. a, a quality hit to finish off with uh, from a from a quality fencer which I'm delighted to, to see her back so uh, with the with the Sabre Grand Prix in just what just over a week's time now mm-hmm. be interesting to see how she finished the season and heads towards the zonals and the, and the world championships it bodes well though yeah, well, I think it's nice to see the one of the old guard with um, uh, Velakaya seemingly gone, Zagunas here and gone again. Yeah. It, it's good to have one of the one of the more mature and established stars there mm-hmm. to uh, to keep the youngsters uh, on their toes. <laughs> and what about the team event? Italy were the winners. They, they've won a few things this year. They seem the most most reliable of the teams. Yeah. Um, nobody's totally dominant by by any means in the in the women's saber, but they were had surprise finalists. In Poland, uh, oh, right. who knocked France out in the semi-final, uh, it was reasonably close. But Poland always looked just a, just a little underpowered, like they didn't quite have have the depth. Uh, but France, that, that Italy, yeah, yeah. But the French, okay. French seems really strong. I know, it's surprising. Yeah, okay. uh, I keep expecting France to uh, to win more often than the women's sabre teams because they do have uh, a tremendously strong squad at the moment, mm-hmm. and oh. it, it surprises me a little bit uh, almost every time mm-hmm. that they don't win. Other surprise was that. Uh, Japan finished fourth uh, behind France, but they they probably produced the big upset of the day um, where they they knocked out Russia, the top seeds Russians, um, right. in the in the last eight. Hmm. So good result there from yeah. Japan, although they couldn't uh, couldn't couldn't quite find, get find a place into the middle, but right. yeah, a big win there. So yeah, unpredictable stuff in the teams right. in, in okay. women's saber. Uh, so that was that was the the work from uh, the women's spurs in Tunis, and mm-hmm. good result and. Uh, like I said, I've, I've really enjoyed watching Women's Sabre this season. This, this season. Um, so, I, know, I know it was a kind of responsibility that was, uh, <laughs> well, that you largely dodged, but yeah. um, I, the more I watch, the more I enjoy it. Okay, well, maybe I need to take, maybe I need to have a taste 
You should. You maybe, maybe that's what it is. I need to have the taste, and then that's me hooked. Yeah, just a little bit, just a touch. Yeah. Well, as I say, seventh hit in the semi-final. Okay. You're that's your gateway drug right. to women's super. Okay. <laughs> All right. I promise I'll check it out. Yeah, you say that. Uh, so next up is uh, that's another saber, isn't it? It's, yeah, uh, more saber, more saber. Yeah. So tell me, tell me about this men's saber in, Ma- in Madrid. Well, uh, no Koreans to start with. What, was it a holiday or something? I don't know. Um, but yeah, none of them were there. So no, no Kim, no Gubong Gil, uh, no Sangaku. All right. Um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the big hitters mm-hmm. uh, in in men's saber not there. Uh, I mean, the top seed going in was uh, Vincent Asset of France, who kind of failed to capitalise on his opportunity with the, the Koreans oh, missing. Right. I think he went out in the last 16 in the last 32. A bit of good British news there. Uh, Will Deary, mm-hmm. our, our emerging young young superstar, mm-hmm. just, just coming out of juniors, uh, made the last 32, won all his fights in his pool, straight through into the oh, direct right. elimination, okay. won his first fight there. Who uh, put him out in the 32? You remember? No, I can't. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, no. Oh, well. Uh, but still, yeah, a result to be celebrated, mm-hmm. I would say. So getting down to the, getting down to semi-finals and getting to the business end of things, we had our, our sort of Korean substitute uh, in German Max Max Hartung, okay, who's uh, you know a big big powerful unit, doesn't go backwards a whole lot. His his tactics are um, go forward, okay, go forward and hit really hard. That's a stereotypical yeah. German thing. Right? Yeah, I mean that's that's maybe maybe not doing it full justice, but yeah, that, that, there is a lot to it in that. And he he was up against uh, Andrew Satsmari, uh, Satmari from right. Hungary. Okay, uh, in in the first semi final, and to be fair, the simple tactics from from Hartung worked uh, an absolute treat in the first period. He went eight one ahead, and Satmari just couldn't Could couldn't handle it, right. couldn't work it out. It was just like, all right, I know what he's going to do, and I don't really have a good answer for it at the moment. So he did a did a bit of sulking and tearing his hair out during the minute break. In the second period, we just said, "Well, I'm not going backwards. I'm going to I'm going to attack as well off, mm-hmm. off the on guard line," which meant actually it produced a bit more from uh, from Harting as a result. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than just just smashing just, him, yeah. yeah, go 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 hit, go 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 hit. Cycle like, oh, he's coming at me as well. And he actually produced some really nice parry reports okay. as a result. So it produced produced better stuff from Hartung. Um but. To be honest, it was never going to be uh, enough from okay. Sam Murray to catch up that that kind of deficit, and eventually mm-hmm. uh, Hartung ran out a fifteen-seven winner. Okay. Um, Sam Murray clearly frustrated at the end of it. And there was a few words actually between him and uh, and the German coach. Oh, really? Which, uh, settled yeah. amicably in the end, but yeah, a little, a little bit like tense. a little bit of drama. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, nobody was sort of grabbing grabbing oh. somebody else by the by the throat or anything. But yeah, it was a little exchange. Hmm. So in the other semi-final. Uh, we had Olympic champ- or double Olympic champion Arne Shilagi of, of Hungary against Yai Dershowitz, one of the one of the emerging fencers that John Southfield picked out. He's had a right. pretty quiet season, to be honest. Yeah, I was going to say because it's not a name from the season that I recognise. It's not a name that comes to the top a lot. Yeah, I mean, he won a World Cup late last season, but I think his best result this season may have been a last eight. I'm right, not okay. sure he's been on the podium at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but he looked super sharp in this fight against against Shilagi, and it was a, a much more varied and Entertaining fight really right, than, okay. than the than the first semi final. Um, full use of the piece from both fencers. Both went to attack and defend, change the rhythm, break distance. Yeah, had had the works and Dershowitz was well worth his eight four lead at the first wow. at, at, at the break, uh, and then he really took control of things at the start of the second with first hit. He goes step 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 flesh. Oops! <laughs> no, 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 no cross step. Sorry, a flunge. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, which 
totally, totally and utterly caught Shalagi by surprise, and it kind of set the tone for the for the rest of the fight that um, Dershowitz was the one that was coming up with something surprising, super active in defence. We he moves and right, okay. threatens to go in and opens lots of blade work, and um, Shalagi just seemed by, bemused by you know all all this action going on in front of him, uh, so much variety and. Um, in the end, it was a, a very comfortable win for for Dershowitz with a with a fifteen eight. Aaron's not going to be happy about that at all, is he? Uh, yeah, but well, what can you do? I mean, the thing <laughs> is, when, when Dershowitz fences like that, you think, well, why is why is he why is he not winning stuff all the time? Because he looks fantastic when he fences like that. Well, we, we all we all have our good days, though. I mean, mm-hmm. he's obviously on a, a good day. So the, yeah. the thing is, can he maintain that? Can he do it more yeah. more regularly? Well, anyway, on to the final. Uh, so slight clash of styles with. The, the aggressor or constantly forward moving pretty much Hartung against the, the more mobile Dershowitz. A lot more in the middle of the piece with this one than it had been in, in Dershowitz's mm-hmm. semi-final. Uh, I think he was determined not to meet Satmari's mistake and find himself just pushed back and right. and struggling to find a uh, a gap in the, in the Hartung attack, which uh, to some degree played to played to Hartung's strength. And, and in the end, Hartung went into the break 8-6 up. Seesawed back and forward a little bit in the second period. Dershowitz took the lead by a couple of hits, went 12-10 up by being sort of prepared to gamble, being a bit yeah. a bit braver, prepared yeah. to step out and take the fight out in the middle of the piece, but then dropped a, dropped a run of hits, and eventually we're down to, down to 14 all, and almost predictably, on guard ready fence, Hartung goes step, 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 lunge. Dershowitz tries to step out of distance, mm-hmm. and as most fencers will find when you try to do that, Max Hartung couldn't quite do it. Yeah, so he just chops him. So this enormous long lunge, yeah. finish him off, takes oh, the win. So a maiden win, uh, I believe, for, for Max Hartung at senior level. Mm-hmm. So pleased for him, but um, apparently he's a lovely guy as well. Uh, oh, okay. Seemed very happy and smiling and friendly with everyone, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't find his fencing particularly inspiring. Efficient. Efficient, yeah, yeah. Good yeah. Admire it. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah being, being totally practical about it. Right, it's okay. clearly a successful way to do it. It's, uh, as I said, the sort of clone of Korean fencing, <laughs> um, which you know not everybody's a fan of. It's very physical, requires you to be big and strong and powerful, but it's not. There's, there's not much joy in it. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to convert you to Sabre. Probably, but, but, but probably not the one. Yeah, go yeah. watch the women's instead. Yeah. It's much better. Okay. Uh, so the, there's some other bits and bobs, though. I think. From the oh, yes, teams. We, we, teams. we want to talk about here. Mm. Um, Italy won the teams. Mm-hmm. Russia was second, and Romania were third. Um, I'd, I'd had my fill of Sabre watching, so I'm afraid I didn't. Okay. I didn't watch any of any of that. But um, another win for Italy. They've been they, again. They've been quite consistent. Um, right. Okay. In a, a kind of mixed season of winners. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a rumor that the we had the sort of a a matchup from the Cold War. Ali Pakdaman of uh, Iran withdrew. Yes, that's the old canard about he they can't fence the Israelis. Yeah, uh, drawn against Konstantin uh, uh, Voronov of Israel in the last sixty-four, right. and and withdrew. Now, uh, is Iran not getting over this now? Do you not think? Uh, well, apparently not. I mean, it, this is something that used to happen all the time, and I was sort of vaguely aware that it still still does happen occasionally. I believe the Iranian fencers have done it before. Um, yeah. Although I think this is the first time this season, and uh, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, it seems morally unacceptable to me that if you go into an event that you can then decide that I don't fancy fencing this person because of where they come from. 
Yeah, I, I don't get it. You know, you, you know, either you don't go in at all, or if you go in, you fence whoever's in front of you. And from a prestige point of view, it would not be better for the Iranians to beat the Israelis. I, I don't, I, I don't understand it, and it's so old-fashioned. Mm-hmm. This is an old-fashioned yeah. attitude, I think. Well, well, this is a sort of situation that's gone on for decades. Yeah, it's like a tradition, though. You know, that's what it feels yeah. like. You know? it's, it's not a good tradition. No, I, mean, well, I, I can't help feeling it. it's. Uh... A tradition is just something you do more than twice. Yeah. You know. Well, so... we more than twice now. Yeah, I'm not happy. I mean, I actually start to feel slightly uncomfortable about us um, celebrating the Iranian men's sabre team so so gleefully earlier on in the season when. But it was joyful. One of them... That was genuinely joyful. Yeah. Like, I'm not. I'm not taking that back. Okay. But this this does leave a bit of a bad, bad take. We have to take back our coolest fence on the planet if they do it again, though. Yeah, I would think so. Eh? Yeah, because uh, do that's... demand a recount for what episode three or whatever it was. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it is a little bit weird that they're still doing this. And like, if anyone in the Iranian uh, saber team is listening, you know, we we do think very highly of. Well, I think very highly of you. Mm. Uh, just don't do this. It's not not worth it. You know. I mean, I wonder how much free will they have. Whether this is a you know a government directive. That... Who knows? I, I I can't imagine that if it is a government directive, I can't imagine the fences are that happy. If that's the case, they would prob- I'd imagine they just want to get on with it. Yeah, yeah. You would hope so, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to better news. Yes, absolutely. The first of the last round of Grand Prix for the season. Yes. Uh, <laughs> foil from Shanghai. So, well, where do we start? I mean, I would like to give a really detailed anal- analysis, but uh, this is the first time I think. Where we've had a Grand Prix that's been shown only on the Olympic Channel, yes, and not on the FIE's YouTube live feeds. It's a slightly weird setup with Shanghai, and they do most of the fencing the last sixty-four onwards as well, or pools in the last sixty-fours, down to the semi-finals in a sort of perfectly normal sports hall, and then they ferry the the semi-finalists off to a shopping mall. So it means there's a big gap between the last eight. And and the semi-finals, which I'm, happens. Yeah, I'm kind of glad I'm not the only shopping. person that was watching this going. This is a bit weird. It is a bit weird. It's very weird because it because it, it, it looks strange when as we were watching the finals the finals session going. This looks a bit weird. Are they in a, in a shopping center? <laughs> yes, they are. They are in the yeah. West Westgate shopping yeah. mall in Shanghai. Apparently, yeah. Right. It, it is a bit odd. But the, the the other downside to this is I'm assuming that there was no there was no live streaming for the for the coloured piece last 64 onwards on on Olympic Channel, which is fair enough. But there was nothing on the FIE's YouTube channel either. Yeah. And I understand that the uh, the chap who runs all the all the live streaming and, and filming for, for the FIE and his own, own company, Fencing Vision, a chap called uh, Tristan Muller, is tremendously busy now, effectively. He's done... He's just done Shanghai. He's now heading off to Bogota for the for the Epi Grand Prix, mm-hmm. and then the weekend after that, he's off to Moscow for the Saber One. So the idea is that all the footage from Shanghai, whether it is that just the semi-finals and finals, will be uploaded to either Fencing Vision or the FIE's YouTube channel at some point. Let's hope so. Because well, he's busy kind of traveling in the world, so hasn't had time to do it. So he, anyway, he needs to delegate this. This is a task that needs to be delegated to a minion. Yeah. So anyway, all this interesting background stuff is basically to say. I didn't watch the live feed of the women's foil, and I feel really bad about it because um, it, there was loads of in- interesting stuff going on. No Lee Kiefer, yep, didn't travel to Shanghai, so having celebrated how how well she's fenced recently and having won the two previous Grand Prix yeah. this season, uh, she's a, a, a no show for the third one. And the other interesting thing was that um, Ariane Rigo was injured in the last sixteen. Mm-hmm. Carried on to the end of the fight, but but lost to our teammate uh, Beatrice Monaco, I think it was. Okay. Um, so it meant we had in the semi-finals 
Uh, we had Martina Patini, uh, Zora Tibus, yep. Svetlana Tripapina, our Italian sounding Russian, which <laughs> yeah. I always struggle with, yes. uh, and Ina Deraglazova. And I can't give you any sort of comment on the action, unfortunately, nope. which, uh, which is a shame because Martina Battini claimed a first Grand Prix victory. Uh, she's won she won a World Cup previously back in 2014, but a first mm-hmm. first Grand Prix win in a, a 15-14 mm. uh, victory against Eric Lozova in the final. I hope, I hope that's as good as it sounds. They showed a tiny little snippet. They basically showed the final hit, mm-hmm. which looked great. And again, one of those fights that seemed to be happening at a distance that was almost unbelievably close. Right, well. um, and I would love to be able to offer more comment, uh, particularly because Miss Patini has started following us on Instagram. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I feel really guilty that I've not been able to offer any sort of sensible comment we, about we, we her. We will watch it. And about we her biggest triumph. Feed, yeah, we will watch it and we'll provide some yeah, feedback. Yeah, as soon as up. I mean, next episode, I'm, I'm actually going to come back and and offer some sensible comment Good. about it because I, I can't really just now and that's, it's so frustrating. Yeah. Oh, well. However, I was, having having had that disaster on the previous day with the, with the women's foil, I was all, I was up bright and early to watch, to watch the men's foil semi-finals. And now I, have before, I have to say, before we go on, this is one of those uh, rare times where having a baby was actually really useful to me because it meant I was actually up at the right time. Yeah. Going, oh my God, the, the Shanghai's on this weekend and I'm actually up at the right time to sit down and watch it. So <laughs> yeah. I guess I got to watch it. Yes, that, uh, what, seven hour time difference or whatever yeah. it was between uh, here and Shanghai didn't didn't bother you at all. No, no, that's fine. Strange <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, there was a bit of carnage earlier on in the D's. Alex Massey-Alice... And Daniela Grosso, mm-hmm. both went in the last 64. Timur Safin in the last 32. Yeah. Uh, Rayson Bowden, I think, went out in the last 64 as well. Yeah, all Americans. Just... Yeah, disaster for the for the Americans. In fact, they're, I think their, best, their only fencer in the last 32 might have been young Nick Itkin. Yeah, I think it was. All their established stars. Uh-huh. Oh, apart from Garrick Minehart, who, who stayed at home. Yeah, well, he was busy. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, well, never mind. Uh, bad day for the Americans. I think even Greg said that at one point. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's not happened for a long time for the Americans. It's been so consistent. Yeah, I think they've won basically won half the senior senior events this season yeah. in men's foil. Yeah, at some and, point and about you... to have a bounce up an off day eventually. Yeah, exactly. And this was it. Yeah, exactly. What does he mean though? Is that we had the Greg and Bash show for the for the commentary? Uh, Greg Massalis joined Karen Bashir in the commentary box for the finals, and I really enjoyed them actually. I thought it was really good. I, so so. Kareem still had got in with these stereotypical this is fencing, this is how it works, which is fine. Well, but apparently it, he has to do that for Olympic Channel because they're, they're looking to attract oh, I see, more, right, more okay, fencers okay. to, their, to their audience. Well, so that's see, kind of compulsory. But, but then the actual uh, commentary between the two of them, I thought it worked really well. Greg, Greg's obviously got a great vision for the sport. Yeah. So he was able to, and he has a, it's a, it's a similar thing to the Russian guys from the last one, mm-hmm. where he was able to see what was happening, digest it, and provide useful comment on it yep. very, very quickly. And Kareem was there to be the sort of the friendly, the friendly face of all of that too. Yes, and linked it up plenty. Yeah, yeah. so it all worked. I thought it worked all really well. I thought so. Well, the, well, well done, Greg, and uh, well done, Kareem. You both did a, a blinder there. Yep. So anyway, on to the action. Semi-final number one. Can I just say this is like a dream lineup for us? Just about. I've been seeing this online a lot. That the the last four is almost a podcast dream lineup for us. <laughs> it's like our it's like our go to guys for for loveliness. This, these are the guys that we've been saying. Apart from Zerbachenko, these are the lovely. These are the guys we've been talking about all year. Yeah, I mean, you can actually. I mean, if you could replace Zerbachenko with anyone from. Probably Garotz or Safin, actually. Yeah, be, probably it would be one, one, one of those two. One, 100% for us, yeah. you know. But anyway, never mind. So, 
So, Sean, who was in the semis? Semi-final number one, uh, Alessio Fukoni uh, of Italy, mm-hmm. uh, winner of the Grand Prix in Turin yep. against uh, Dmitry Serebchenko, who's kind of fallen down the world rankings a bit yeah. uh, recently. He won He won St. Petersburg last year, and I don't think he's made a top eight since then. I think he's always no. actually sitting no. around about 50 in the world rankings before he's one. Of, he's one of the guys that's scrapping for a place on the team, I think. Yeah, he will be. Yeah. He will be. Uh, I mean, when defending well, he looks, looks fantastic, but it doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't happen often enough. Yep. And yeah, against Fukuni, he didn't really have the answer. He couldn't. No. He couldn't break up Fukuni's attacks. Couldn't find a way to either stop them or get out of the way of them or, or close mm-hmm. distance into them. He did have a bit of a go of taking up the the attack himself a bit more, um, but he never really looked comfortable no, doing no, that. So no. yeah, Fukuni ran a, a fairly comfortable winner. And again, um, Fukuni looking like a, a guy on form, like a fencer who's he's got it all. It's all snapping into place for him still. Yeah, he's not been he's not been brilliantly consistent this season. He's had a he's had at least one sixty four that I can think of. But yeah, he, he looked fantastic in Turin. He's produced some other steady results. I think he made. Yep. Or did he make a semi final in semi final or final in in Cairo at the start of the season? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, it semi. It seems ages ago, doesn't it? Yeah. But yeah, having having a good season, having not been in the Italian team previously, he'll be he'll be absolutely nailed on for a place for the zonals. Good, and, he's, and, he still and the looks like a happy, happy guy having fun. Yeah. Yeah, which I, which I, yeah. I, I love. But anyway, sorry, go well, on. Certainly a good fun, um, uh, giving Zerbchenko a good thumping in the semi-final. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, second semi-final, uh, two two familiar foes, uh, yes. two of our favourite fencers, Britain's Richard Cruz. Yes, hooray! Against the podcast's favourite Frenchman. Yep, Erwin Le Pichu. Our, our perpetual contender for coolest fencer on the yeah. planet. And Richard was absolutely in tremendous form. Uh, I've seen, this, is, this is actually a cracking semi anyway, because Erwin didn't go down... He didn't. He didn't go down. He didn't lie down and just take it. No, exactly. I mean, Richard. You know. Richard got on, out to an early lead. I think it was something like eight three up, and he looked like whatever he wanted to do was going to hit. Mm-hmm. And really, the only worry was that he would kind of lose concentration. It was. Yeah. You know, it was going to feel too easy. Yeah. Um, and in the end, it maybe felt like that was a, a little bit of that. And Lopeshu totally scrapped the finish. He wasn't. He wasn't going to just give it away. Erwin looked like he was on form as well. He wasn't. He wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, no, he wasn't facing badly. No, because yeah. when he was scrapping, he was really going for it. He wasn't yeah. going to let this go at all. He was really getting stuck in about it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Richard was oh, blinding form. I can't think the last time I saw him fence quite as well as that. Havana last year. Yeah, was was he was pretty immense there. Yeah, but he looked absolutely tremendous. Everything was working for him. Everything. Yeah, he seemed uh, much more aggressive in his intent than a. Than he has been probably until this season. Mm-hmm. Felt for a while he'd become a bit too defensive. Mm-hmm. They looked much more confident coming forward. And, yeah, that's uh, a common complaint with Richard: is he's too, too, too passive. Yeah, he, 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 he's, he's trying to work off his opponent too much rather than setting it up himself. But no, there was none of that this time. Yeah, so it was lovely. Some lovely faint disengages, and yeah, it was great. I love watching it. Yeah, great, a lot, a lot of the stuff that was kind of um, signature Cruz early on in his career: beautiful faint disengages yeah. uh, and beautiful. And finishing, finishing to the shoulder. Yeah, were, were all present. And correct. Oh, it's lovely. And when you get all those bits to, together with his variety mm-hmm. of defensive actions, it's just fantastic to watch. Yeah. So in the end, despite Lopeshu giving it, giving it the best, mm-hmm. Cruz into the, into the final with a with a fifteen twelve, fifteen thirteen win. Yeah, fifteen twelve. Close. It 15, was fifteen thirteen actually. I think it was fifteen thirteen. Yes, yeah. quite close, but. I don't know. It just never felt like a, a fight he was going to lose. No, no, no. I, I think I felt I felt it was a little of a wobble just towards the end, where really? I thought Irwin might just be 
getting his teeth into this now. <laughs> <laughs> just, some, little, some little terrier. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, they're going to have to drag him off the piece. They're going to have to trank him and pull him off, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. No. But anyway, it was a, it was, yeah. I mean, it was a great how, fight. Great think fight. how long these guys have been fencing each other. I mean, they're, they're virtually the same, same age. They're both, what, 34 now. Yeah. I mean, they were competitive with each other as, as juniors. I mean, they, they must be fencing, fencing each other for 16, 17 years. Yeah. Well... So that, this was the, the latest instalment and a, yeah. a thoroughly enjoyable one. Yeah. So on to the final. Mr. Vacconi, one of the, the four fences of the season. Mm-hmm. Won, a, won a Grand Prix already, yep. probably eyeing up a second one. Yep. And really the fight was all over in about the first 20 seconds, wasn't it? Uh, well, Richard was just having none of it. Yeah, he was all over. I think, I think Erwin had fully prepped him for what was coming <laughs> next. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, 5 nothing up in, in about 20 seconds. Uh, oh, it was great. Was yeah. just, Richard was just all over Fukuni, and Fukuni just didn't look like he had any sort of answer. I mean, he gave it a go. Didn't have as quite quite as much fight as, as Lepeshu did, Yeah, but that kind of re- reflects their character. Gave it a go, but basically Richard had total control of the fight yeah. from, from start to finish. And it was, a, it, was one of, it was quite a pleasant fight anyway. It didn't get bad-tempered or frustrated. And Fukuni did look at... There was a few moments where uh, Fukuni... We'd try something, Richard would just hit him with whatever he fancied. With whatever he fancied, and then Fukuni would just have that kind of like, <sighs> right. <laughs> Not much I can do about that. Yeah. yeah. And it was uh, just one of those days. So, yeah, a magnificent performance from Richard Cruz, mm. and delighted to see him. I mean, he's having a, he's having a pretty decent season. Yeah. A couple of ordinary results, but, you know, he's had two last eights already, a last 16, mm-hmm. uh, and then and then this performance where it all worked. Yeah. And I was reading a, a Story in the in the press afterwards that he was mugged, more or less. That's right. Yeah. As soon as he arrived in Shanghai, I mean, didn't give a whole lot of details. I, mean, I assume they didn't didn't beat him to the pulp, but you know, stopped him. I'm assuming that it was one of those muggings where somebody basically sticks a knife in your face and you just go, all right, whatever it is, you just, want, yeah, just you want it. take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, be interesting to get more detail, and I yeah. wouldn't recommend it doing it before you know every World Cup. No, but but it certainly. Had, Whatever happened this World Cup, it, you know, it worked for him. So. Yeah, it did. So, um, I mean, I just want to sort of say, I mean, some of the some of the moves that Richard was actually was using, I thought, were really interesting as well. I think you to sort of describe these. So, the one that I really loved was the his sort of cut over the top, mm-hmm. as though he's going for a flick, and if it was there, he'd hit. But if it wasn't there, he would then finish underneath. Yeah. And I just every time he did that, I just thought, you know what? I'm going to coach that. <laughs> <laughs> you going to find some foilists, or are you going to do it? Yeah, I'm just going to do it. I'm just, just going to find some. I'm just going to find him to do that. Yeah, I mean, we're just going to do that from now on because I just loved it that much. Yeah, that yeah. was really impressive. So yeah, the the other thing too. I mean, I, I know I had my grump and made my confession about not following the women's foil on the Olympic Channel because I hadn't appreciated that it wasn't going to be easy to get hold of. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I was doing other things. Um, but one thing about the Olympic Channel is apparently it's still not available in the USA. Do we ever get an answer on why that is? I still think it's to do with NBC winning the Olympic rights. Yeah, um, I don't know, but I would have. I assumed that it would have been sorted by now. Mm-hmm. That is missing missing out on a a big potential audience. Yeah, I, I've, for, it's got to be something to do with licensing. It's got to be something to do with licensing. Yeah, but it seems ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, the sort of way around it is up till now they've continued to show simultaneous live streams on on the FIE's YouTube mm-hmm. channel. They just couldn't do it for that one. Hasn't happened for this one, which mm-hmm. is uh, well, yeah, more than a bit of a disappointment, I would yeah. think, for for American Don't, viewers. Yeah, our American viewers probably weren't weren't very interested after the last sixty four. To be <laughs> oh, Gav, yeah, that's harsh. That's very <laughs> harsh. True. So anyway, so that's that's the end of our our results for this episode, which brings us to. 
having to make our choice for coolest fencer of the planet. Now, so let me bring one. our shorts. Now, this is actually a genuinely... Uh, we're not having Max this time. Right, no Max. No yeah, Max, Max is finally off the short list. He's off the short Erwan, despite his best efforts, even I can't, can't nominate him for this one. No. <laughs> um, uh, Lee Kiefer, who have either made Coolest Fencer on the planet yeah. or shortlisted her despite having a sort of no double winner yeah. rule. This time it mm-hmm. uh, wasn't in Shanghai, so we're yeah. not going to nominate her for yeah. once. We can't have Fukuni because you've been up against Richard. <laughs> yeah, so basically our, our shortlist then, right. Olga Carlan marks a return to action by winning. Right. Uh, winning in, in fine style against the the best of the crop mm-hmm. of young fencers that are at the top of the world rankings. Okay. That's pretty impressive. A first Grand Prix win for Martina Battini, uh, and also because she follows us on Instagram. She's got to be a contender. She's got to be a contender, yeah. Yeah, definitely. First senior win for Max Hartung. Mm-hmm. Slight caveat with that that... You don't think he's very exciting? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a nice guy and everything. It's a good win. Yep. His fencing's a bit boring. Mm-hmm. So probably not going to win it as cool. Most efficient fencer of the... Of the shortlist. Yeah, okay. most efficient fencer on the planet. He might be a contender for okay. that, but I'm, I'm not sure he's going to make it as cool as fencer. Mm-hmm. And an amazing senior win for Mark Fischera as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was a good one. Because, uh, as you say, Fischera's really, really young. Mm-hmm. Uh, as his first... You know, there's, there's more to come from him, I think. Yeah. Uh, and there is one final option, of course. Um, I mean, we've mentioned all the other winners so far. Yeah. And, of course, there is Great, Britain's, Richard's, Great Britain's Richard Cruz. Well, wearing bagpipe playing Yeah, Scottish Richard Cruz. Yes, that's Scottish Richard Cruz, who got mugged and then turned up and won a Grand Prix anyway. Yeah. So the, the genes are strong with this one. Now, see, when I'm doing the editing, do uh, you want me to start playing God Save the Queen underneath this? Around around now. Uh, no, I think we're going to have just, just to set the tone. <laughs> surely, surely it's Scotland the Brave. <laughs> we can can go. Can that. we get the ma- ma- the, the mast pipes uh, pipe pipe band of I don't know Sergeant Major somewhere or other some, yeah. somewhere or other Gordon Highlanders something like that. Yeah. You, know? you see where I'm trying to push this. Yeah, it's Richard, isn't it? Cool sense on the planet. Yeah, I think Richard. It's got to be. It's got to be Richard. It is. So I think that more or less wraps it up. A few thanks. Uh, thanks again to our supporters on Patreon. Yeah, thanks guys. Thanks, of course, to our sponsors, Lee and Paul, for their, their support in making this podcast possible yeah. and for uh, getting us to the World Championships in Leipzig. Can we hang out with the Lee and Paul guys in their massive tent? I made that bit up. Oh, yeah. Okay, right. sorry. Feel free to follow us mm-hmm. on Facebook, on our Facebook page. Yes. Uh, on Instagram, uh, yes. that's The Fencing Podcast. On Twitter, which uh, is Fencing, Fencing Podcast. podcast. Yep. And uh, what else is there? Uh, there's an email. You can, oh, you can email us, yes. Yeah, the email us at the, the fencing podcast at uh, gmail.com. Excellent. That us? I think that's us. Right. Time for you to go and change some nappies. <laughs> I can hear already. Right. Till next time. Uh, thanks then. Bye now. Bye.